When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Johann Schmiegel, you've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. Now, from our nation's capital, this is Bloomberg Sound On. Today, I'm announcing another $800 million to further augment Ukraine's ability to fight in the East. Sometimes we will speak softly and carry a large javelin. Bloomberg Sound On. Politics, policy, and perspective. From D.C.'s top names. If Vladimir Putin throws a bomb into a NATO country, he's bought himself a world of hurt. You just said it. There is a call to do more. This is COVID theater. There should be no mandates, period. Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. The U.S. restocks the arsenal in Ukraine. Welcome to the fastest hour in politics as President Biden ships another $800 million worth of heavy artillery overseas and prepares to ask Congress for more. We'll talk about that with Congressman Matt Cartwright, Democrat from Pennsylvania, who serves on the House Appropriations Committee with the purse strings analysis as well on the military side of this story from retired Army General Mark Kimmett. He's back with us today on Sound On. The Florida House passes a bill to strip Disney of special privileges. We'll have the latest as the White House weighs in now and insights from Jim Davis Former Democratic congressman from Florida, former majority leader of the Florida House, in fact, he shares our panel today with Bloomberg Politics contributor, Republican strategist Rick Davis, Davis and Davis for the hour. Another major shipment of weapons now on the way to Ukraine. President Biden made the announcement from the White House this morning. Today, I'm announcing another $800 million to further augment Ukraine's ability to fight in the east in the Donbass region. This package includes heavy artillery weapons dozens of howitzers, and 144,000 rounds of ammunition to go with those howitzers. It also includes more tactical drones. And more where those came from. The president says he'll be asking for more money next week. I've almost exhausted the drawdown authority I have that Congress authorized for Ukraine in a bipartisan spending bill last month. In order to sustain Ukraine for the duration of this fight, Next week, I'm going to have to be sending to Congress a supplemental budget request to keep weapons and ammunition flowing without interruption. Without interruption sounds almost like a retainer. The president says he's asking the Defense Department now for the appropriate number. We'll let you know when we get that. 
As President Volodymyr Zelensky says in a video address, quote, if we had access to all the weapons we need, we would have already ended this war, unquote. That was just hours ago. Let's bring in Congressman Matt Cartwright, Democrat from Pennsylvania, serves on the House Appropriations Committee. And Congressman, it's great to have you on Bloomberg Radio. Will Congress provide whatever funds the president asks for next week? Joe, it's good to be with you. Um, the answer is I would be surprised if we did not. You know, I attend every one of the classified security briefings that we are provided as members of Congress. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, usually there's some rancor. There's some back and forth between Democrats and Republicans at those things. But, man, when uh, when we go and we hear about what's happening in Ukraine... And, of course, I can't go into it. But we have emissaries from the White House. We have cabinet members. Uh, these are, uh, you know, uh, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Milley, yep. uh, Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, Tony Blinken, Secretary of State. Uh, these people are on top of their game. Uh, this is, uh, this is a, a cast of all-stars. Uh, we had Gina Raimondo to talk to us about uh, economic sanctions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, Joe, the point I, I'm, I'm making is that when when we get these briefings about Ukraine, yeah. there's almost pure unanimity uh, in, 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 uh, on both sides of the aisle. Understood. Uh, about, uh, about utter disdain and, and, and really <laughs> hatred for what Putin is doing uh, in Ukraine and and uh, as I say, uh, just from the feeling that I get from that room, mm-hmm. uh, that, that uh, it, it's near unanimity, uh, I would be amazed if um, President Biden doesn't get what he wants in Got terms it. of further supplemental It's not too often you've seen that in your career. Like I said, though, it sounds almost like a retainer. Are we talking about a, you know, a one-time payment, do you suspect, or, or do you want to get some kind of a revolving uh, sort of sh- system of shipments going here where, where we just keep sending the weapons over until this thing is done? You know, I, I hate to, I'm a history major, Joe, and I hate to keep referring back to uh, <laughs> the, the, you know, the times of World War II, uh, but there's so many parallels, and one of them is, uh, is something that uh, Franklin Roosevelt instituted, which was Lend-Lease, a way mm-hmm. to get uh, armaments over to uh, the people standing up to the, the Axis powers. Um, and there was no time deadline on that. There was no cap set on those sure. things. Um, and uh, let's face it, uh, uh, Ukraine is in for a long slog. But I'll never forget, Joe, when uh, Volodymyr Zelensky appeared live to all of us in that yeah. classified security briefing room. Mm-hmm. Um, people were filling up listening to his story and, and looking at the video that he provided us. Yeah. Uh, it, it, uh, if, if this goes on for some time, I would not be surprised. Well, you know, there were calls by uh, a lot of critics of the administration to do more earlier. And at the time, you know, we didn't really have a sense of even what that was. We were talking about sanctions. We knew that that shoulder launch missiles were going over there. We knew there was an argument over MIGs from Poland. But how come we didn't send all of this stuff before it became such a race uh, to get it to the front lines before Vladimir Putin could cause more destruction? Do you wish we had done that weeks or months ago? Look, uh, that's an easy thing 
to cast aspersions on the other side, to score easy political points. If you had done this, things would have been better. And that's a two-way street. You know, there, there was, a, you know, the former guy uh, held up deliveries of Javelin missiles. I don't want to talk about that stuff. It, it doesn't advance the ball anywhere for us to... I understand, Congressman, and I'm not trying to start something here. I just remember that day right. he spoke and, and members were, were so passionate about getting what they could there. And Republicans were, you know, were ringing the bell to say, listen, we got to send more faster. Uh, and, and we're in the process still of trying to figure out how to get all of these arms into the right hands. I don't mean to oversimplify this, but there was a call to do more earlier. Look, passion is the right word that you just used, Joe. There's a lot of high passion going on, and that's right. And and rightly so. This is this is absolute evil that we're witnessing in Ukraine, and is perpetrated by an evil monster, Putin. And uh, and so it stirs up passions. You know, there are a lot of uh, great former service members serving in the in the House. uh, People who were part of the United States Air Force, for example. They they can see very clearly that uh, our our air force would make mincemeat of what Putin has done to his air force. You know that he's diverted a lot of training money away from the, the air force so that their pilots are not trained up the way yeah. American pilots are. Uh, you know they have they have there's a muscle memory involved in 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 flying fighter jets, uh, and if they're if they don't get enough uh, training hours in. Uh, those muscles atrophy, sure and it, it's pretty obvious that that's what's happening with the Russian Air Force. And there have been, you know, uh, uh, problems with the Russian Army as well that we've all talked about. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I, I mentioned that because uh, some of the the, the passions, the, you know, the exuberances of uh, of members of Congress have <laughs> manifested themselves. Some have said, "Well, we ought to do a no-fly zone." That's right. Over Ukraine. You had Senator and, Chris and Coons people, two weeks ago suggesting that we open the conversation of adding American troops. You know, it's, let's say there's a chemical or a nuclear weapons attack or something. Do you worry about that kind of creep, Congressman? Of, of course I do. And, and the, here's the reason uh, is that Putin has this large stockpile of intercontinental ballistic missiles. Yeah. And he just tested one and and uh, in a. Uh, The problem is this. Um, We can say, well, we have wonderful defenses to those things. Joe, I don't want to find out how good our defenses are uh, in that kind of a situation, and I don't want to get close to that line. So I'm very happy, and and I think that the the vast majority of members of Congress are are going to sign on to uh, this kind of supplemental to provide these heroic Ukrainians with uh, the, what they need. I also want to say how proud we are in my district in northeastern Pennsylvania. We have the Toby Hanna Army Depot, uh, and that's a depot that uh, repairs field equipment. And when you, uh, you know, when we learned uh, that there are field equipment yeah. uh, and spare parts involved in this uh, this assistance, you know, there are are people who work for Toby Hanna Army Depot in Poland right now. Yeah, uh, involved in stuff. the Ukraine effort. It's a, well, it's a proud, proud, well, we proud consider the, for us in northeastern Pennsylvania. Well, we consider the, the men and women in the military congressman. While I have the time, I want to ask you about a bill that you sponsored that it passed the House last month allowing Marines harmed by contaminated drinking water at Camp Lejeune 
North Carolina to seek compensation. You talked about those Marines on the House floor. Let's listen. They know they're going to be in harm's way at some point, but when they went to Camp Lejeune for combat training, they didn't realize what their real enemy was going to be. It was going to be leukemia, bladder cancer, kidney cancer, aplastic anemia, liver cancer, multiple myeloma, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Parkinson's disease. Not only the Marines, but their families were subject to this from the water. Congressman Cartwright, will that bill get a vote in the Senate? I think it will. Uh, I have... um uh, I, I, I have a great deal of pride in that bill. I worked on it for four years now, uh, you know, for between 19, the middle 1950s to 1987, that drinking water at Camp Lejeune, uh, where Marines go to do combat training yeah. in North Carolina, uh, was contaminated. Uh, somebody decided to store the airplane fuel right near the water supply, mm-hmm. w- which was a horrible mistake, and it, it, it ended up... Con- contaminating the water to the point where they had things like benzene and toluene, known carcinogens, present in the drinking water at levels as high as 3,400 times the maximum safe amount. People came down with cancer, eight different kinds of cancers, birth defects. You know, there were families living there and the employees at Camp Lejeune as well. Uh, It's just an utter outrage and it's an American scandal and tragedy and the best thing that we can do is afford them a chance to, to achieve justice. And that's what this bill does. Uh, the Camp Lejeune Justice Act was incorporated, incorporated into the Honoring Our Pact Act. Sure. Well, uh, let us and, know when uh, this gets some... to the Senate, Congress. We want to follow its progress. And I want to thank you for your time today on Sound On. Congressman Matt Cartwright, Democrat, Pennsylvania's 8th Congressional District. Another view, this time from a progressive on the need for support in Ukraine. We're going to talk about this coming up. Retired General Mark Kimmett is next. This is Bloomberg. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services, and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. So there's still just huge appetite for the U.S. to spend more to help Ukraine on both sides of the aisle. As we just heard from Congressman Matt Cartwright, it might be the only bipartisan issue we have out there. Hence the president 
says he's almost run out of the money that's already been allocated with another $800 million today. The heavy stuff, more of the heavy artillery, dozens, he says, of howitzers on their way over. The tactical drones, of course, the javelin missiles. To modernize Teddy Roosevelt's famous advice, sometimes we will speak softly and carry a large javelin because we're sending a lot of those in as well. I'm not sure that's going to catch on quite in the same way as we... Welcome back, retired General Mark Kimmett, former Assistant Secretary of State for Political Military Affairs, former Deputy Assistant Secretary for Defense for Middle East Affairs, and a frequent voice in times like these here on Bloomberg Radio. It's great to have you back, General. Are we sending the right gear? The president went out of his way today to suggest that tactics are changing as this battle moves from urban warfare to open warfare in the Donbass. Are we sending what they need? Uh, given the limitations, Joe, of what NATO is willing to send in, I think this is a good start. Uh, I think it's important to recognize that we may be overselling the capabilities of the artillery that we're sending in. Uh, I was an artilleryman for 30 years. I know what it's capable of and what it's not capable of. Mm-hmm. And while this is good to send this equipment in, it will certainly help support uh, the Ukrainians, particularly if they can reach out and touch those uh, logistic sites that the Russians will need to conduct an offensive. But but that much artillery and that much ammunition is great, but it's not a silver bullet, and it's not going to change the tide of the war. And we're going to be conducting, at least as I read, howitzer training uh, by taking some Ukrainian military leaders outside of the country to work with Americans. What does that involve? Well, the the Ukrainians have been using Warsaw-packed Russian equipment for years and years, 152-millimeter mm-hmm. uh, cannons, very, very similar to ours. But there are some technical differences between the two. So, candidly, I think it's important to uh, do that training. It won't take a long time because probably about 85% of the tactics, techniques, and procedures are about mm-hmm. the same. Got it. Among the gear that, that we're shipping to Ukraine, something called the Phoenix Ghost I was reading about. This is a new attack drone, General, designed by the Air Force, they say, specifically uh, for Ukraine's needs. It was a program already underway, but has since been tailored for this mission, according to a senior defense official. Pentagon spokesman John Kirby today answered questions about it during a briefing. Here's what he said. You said particularly useful in eastern Ukraine. Why would why would that be? I, I, again, without getting into the specifications, uh, but the the... the the, the kinds of things this drone can do um, uh, lend itself well to this particular kind of terrain. I think I'm just going to leave it at that. Um, but its purpose is akin to that of the switchblade, which we've been talking about in the past, which is a, a basically a, a one-way drone and attack drone. A one-way drone or suicide drones, as, as they're called, right, General? How can this kind of hardware help in the East? Well, look, the... the, the issue that the Ukrainians are most concerned about and most of us are concerned about is the fact that this is very, very open terrain. This is tank territory, as we used to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Russians are able to mass a significant number of tanks, uh, they can push through those Ukrainian defensive lines pretty quickly. If they do have the capability to send out these suicide drones uh, with enough command and control keeping an eye on all this area, those suicide drones could probably stop a pretty massive tank assault, uh, which is, as I said, the biggest thing we're worried about in that section. 
I was really fascinated by a conversation I heard this morning on Bloomberg Surveillance, a program you're also not a stranger to. With It was with Elliot Ackerman, a, a Marine a combat veteran who co-wrote the book 2034, a novel of the next world war. He described this morning how the Ukrainians managed to sink the Moskva, the, the Russia's flagship uh, in the, the Black Sea, the massive warship. Yep. And they used yep. drones. He said they, they had a, a swarm of drones that, that kind of distracted uh, the, the the radar sensors on this boat and allowed them to fire a couple of Neptune missiles at it. Is this the the, the new age of warfare where drones and other smaller uh, types of, of weapons are, are, are kind of upstaging these multi-billion dollar platforms that we're used to buying? Uh, it could well be, especially in low-intensity conflict and mid-intensity conflict. Uh, what we're seeing with these unmanned uh, types of equipment, whether they're high-performance aircraft uh, or very, very low and slow drones, we're now seeing a, an era that, despite what the Air Force may tell you, that we don't need pilots in a cockpit. Yeah. Uh, the days of the day at this point, uh, we've got to recognize that a human being inside this capability, uh, the machine is more effective than the human being. Uh, these machines run by computers can can do uh, Mach 10 types of uh, speeds, can take a significant amount of turns, which would destroy a human body. So I think we are now recognizing that a combination of artificial intelligence and advanced optics, advanced sensing, uh, it's really taking the human out of the warfare loop. Incredible. You could put these things in a backpack, these suicide drones. Retired Brigadier General Mark Kimmett, we thank you as ever for your insights on Bloomberg Sound On. I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. We assemble the panel next. The two Davises are with us. This is Bloomberg. Thanks for being with us on Bloomberg Sound On. Must have been quite an evening. It was quite an evening. In the Florida House of Representatives. Have all members voted? Have all members voted? Yeah, they were. Clerk will lock the machine. Now it's a vote. 70 days, 38 days, Mr. Speaker. Show the bill passes. All right, that's the bill we talked about yesterday with the Speaker of the Florida House that would strip Disney of its special self-governing privileges after Disney got involved in and, in fact, promised to help repeal the don't say gay law came up today in the white house gaggle i won't call it a briefing because they were on air force one the deputy press secretary karine jean pierre asked about this and so the administration is now very much on the record the don't say gay bill uh is is really crystal clear it's wrong that's our view it is just wrong Uh, we oppose the governor taking action against a company because their opposition to that bill and we're just going to leave it there for now. We're going to leave it there for now. Don't think that's the end of it. As we bring in our panelist, Jim Davis of Holland and Knight's Public Policy and Regulation Group, former U.S. congressman from Florida, and in fact was the majority leader of the Florida House in the mid-90s. It's great to have you with us here, Jim. You're going to be joined in a moment by the other Davis, Rick Davis. I just wonder what you make of this. We spoke, uh, as I mentioned, with the Speaker, who is a Republican, and we want to get your view from the other side of the aisle here. He made clear to us that Disney used its special privileges, as he put it, to, to misrepresent, to mislead the public. Do you see this as an overreach? 
uh, from government to business? I do. Uh, I, I think this is uh, a classic uh, punishment by uh, politicians with a lot of power because they disagree with what's being said. And there's a lot of confusion about what the bill says. Uh, if the bill was simply limited to not having sex education with little kids, kindergarten to third grade, we would be having this debate. But the bill's written in a way that it's far broader and, and ultimately can be used to stigmatize um, teenagers and others in school that um, are either um, lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or their parents are. The governor's going to sign it, right? This is a done deal? It's a done deal. What does that mean for the future of the company in Florida? What if Disney said, you know what, forget Florida then. We helped to, we helped to create Orlando uh, out of almost nothing. Maybe, uh, maybe we'll go somewhere else that's more interested in having the Disney Corporation. Well, I don't think this is where the state of Florida is, and it's not where Orlando is. I mean, these are jobs that people need, and there's a lot of people that benefit from Disney's presence and a lot of families that enjoy Disney in Florida and folks that come to visit. So I'm hopeful there'll be some resolution, but I'm not sure what Disney can do to put the genie back in the bottle here. I just don't think the public's going to support this once it becomes clear what the negative implications are for the community and the state. How much of a are you speaking locally or nationally? Because this is obviously uh, a massive political issue around the country now. It's going to impact people traveling to Florida or not. Might impact the tax revenue of of Florida, and apparently it'll it'll impact the debts, some of the some of the outstanding bonds. Well, nothing's going to happen anytime soon to Disney World, but I'm referring to the state of Florida because mm-hmm. we elect these folks, and ultimately they need to be accountable. And there is an election coming up. Uh, what you're seeing is a classic case of what happens when one party has too much control for too long. As I mentioned, we spoke with the uh, Speaker Sprouls, the Speaker of the Florida House yesterday. He was on this program and made clear that this is a very rare privilege. First of all, it'll, it'll allow, the, uh, allow it to be uh, given to the local governments, which is how most of these special districts are. You know, Dis- Disney is one of six special districts that was never reformed after the 1968 Florida Constitution. Uh, but most of the districts, uh, Joe, are, you know, there's a mosquito control district. There's a law library. There is nothing that is a corporation that has the ability to essentially engage in their own self-governing. So I guess, Jim, should should Disney have had that designation to begin with? Oh, I think it's debatable, but but that's not the point. Uh, that That's not the reason the legislature did this. They did this because they're upset that the gov- that the Disney uh, criticized um, their position on the bill we just discussed. Uh, that's this is a First Amendment issue. Uh, that's why they did it. As I mentioned, we have Davis and Davis, of course, our good friend Rick Davis, Bloomberg Politics contributor, is with us as well, live in New York. Uh, Rick, it's a done deal. I guess we shouldn't be surprised right after we heard the speaker here yesterday. The governor's going to sign it. What do you make of Jim's take on this, though, uh, in terms of the perception for not just Republicans, but the Disney brand? Well, I, I would say he's spot on when you say that uh, <clears throat> when you have one party rule, bad things happen. And I think this is a great example where with no checks in the system, uh, a bunch of you know political guys got together and say, hey, how do, how do we make Disney pay for this you know challenge to our cultural legislation and 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 it, it makes no sense from a governance perspective uh it, the, the idea that we're debating something that's been on the books since the late 60s 
and, and has brought so much prosperity and, and job creation to central Florida is, mm -hmm. is crazy, right? I mean, like uh, largest taxpayer in central Florida, uh, now the local counties are going to have to figure out a way to cover bonds that could be in excess of That's a billion right, or two. Uh, it just makes no sense that you would actually impose this on on the local communities. But but look, this is this is a revenge governance, and and so um, um, I I think DeSantis is trying to play out a very sophisticated and 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 targeted culture war that starts at his own home, uh, uh, state of Florida. And, that, and by the way, this started with masks, and he saw that he got popularity out of opposing the federal government on masks, and, and now Disney's the next one. I just wonder if Biden's going to have Mickey to the Oval Office to talk about this. <laughs> you know, I've heard of crazier things, uh, Rick. We're going to continue this conversation coming up next with Rick Davis and Jim Davis. Davis squared on the fastest hour in politics I'm Joe Matthew in Washington. We carry on. We'll check markets and traffic on the way. This is Bloomberg. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Face it, your business is unique. It faces challenges and risks that are specific to your industry and to the skills you and your team bring to every challenge. You need experienced insurance professionals. The Hartford accepts the challenge. The Hartford understands that protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can help provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-sized companies like yours to easily manage risk from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. With experience in underwriting, risk engineering services and claims, the Hartford faces any challenge to deliver innovative, customizable solutions that your industry and your unique company demand. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. You're listening to Bloomberg Sound On with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Radio. A sophisticated and targeted culture war. The words of Rick Davis, Bloomberg politics contributor, describing the situation that we were just discussing in Florida. Bill passed the House. Disney, as soon as this is signed by Governor DeSantis, uh, set to uh, sign the bill into law. Rick Davis is with us, along with Jim Davis, former U.S. congressman from Florida, the 11th district with Unique perspective on what we're talking about here today. A revenge governance, you call it, Rick. Uh, if that's the case, it seems to be working for Ron DeSantis. He could be the one man to actually give Donald Trump a run for his money if this continues, at least in the direction it's going in, no? First week, I, this is the first week I can remember, Joe, that we're talking more about Ron DeSantos than we're talking about Donald Trump. So he's already succeeding in getting our attention. And I have no doubt that the pick to pick a fight with Disney was based on the fact that you're picking a fight with a colossus, right? The, a 100% a, a, a name ID worldwide. And there were a lot of people who criticized that gender bill 
that um, that DeSantis did. But but he's picking on the biggest one he could find, and that's because he knows he's going to get lots of attention. So so he's got a game plan. He's executing that game plan. Frankly. Mm-hmm much better than what we see coming out of Mar-a-Lago right now with Donald Trump. And so I'd say, you know, right now, unless something weird happens tomorrow, the week goes to DeSantis. What do you think, Jim Davis? Is he potentially uh, the Republican nominee for president in 24? Well, I think he certainly aspires to that. But I just would like to say, as Viridian, politicians come and go, governors and presidents. But here in Florida... We have to live with the aftermath of some of these. And this is a pattern of behavior. We haven't even talked about what's happening to the faculty in the universities at Florida. The legislature just repealed tenure. And we now have a situation where uh, faculty members uh, who were criticizing some of the COVID policy in the state of Florida are going to be fearful about speaking out. Um, And so I think academic freedom in Florida is now another casualty. Enter the mask mandate. Uh, This is another part of, well, what Rick was describing as a targeted culture war, right? DeSantis has been far out ahead on this. And since we saw this struck down by the judge and days later now, we finally learned, by the way, this was about five minutes after we got off the air last evening, that in fact the administration, DOJ, is going to appeal this. Governor DeSantis back out in front of the cameras and microphones today. They like to be able to take decisions out of your hands and force a mask on your face, force kids to muzzle, force people to lose their job if they don't take a COVID vaccine. How do all these pieces fit together, Rick Davis? Well, you know, I think that uh, uh, DeSantis is plugging into sort of the uh, Trump 2.0 culture war that has been going on now for some time. And look, this is not unusual. We've been fighting over things like abortion for decades. And so there's always a place in American politics for this kind of demagoguery. Um, it, it just feeds the beast and it makes it worse. Uh, I think that DeSantis is just particularly good at it and and he's able to sell it to the populace in, in Florida, like somehow he's protecting them. And, uh, and I, think, I think the Biden administration has to be careful how it weighs in on this because they don't want to be uh, uh, becoming the next sparring partner with Ron DeSantis. It does the president no good, does the CDC no good. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, they've already got the public in the surveys I've seen supporting science uh, compared to where we were four years ago. And so I think that uh, I think that the Biden administration has to be very careful because these 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 issues do have a political tinge. It's not only about science. It it would be the first time they were sparring uh, with Ron DeSantis, of course. I mean, they're clearly open to that. Rick, I don't know if they're afraid of empowering him. But remember the whole, you know, well, I'll you get out of the way. Certain governors need to get out of the way like the guy in Florida, as we heard from from Joe Biden. Uh, They must know. And well, not just the back of their mind. They must know in the front of their mind that this is someone that they may need to contend with in a couple of years. Yeah, Jim said uh, politicians come and go and they leave a legacy, some positive, some negative. But the one thing you don't want to do if you're president of the United States is help elevate them, right? This whole thing with Disney is to elevate the governor DeSantis into a, into a popularity or at least an, an, uh, an ID that he doesn't otherwise have nationally uh, because he's a Florida guy. And, and the president engaging with you is exactly what every insurgent hopes for, right? Is that they can get the attention of someone who has massive name ID and lock horns with them and it, 
depending upon how it comes out, it could be a real plus. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's the last thing this administration in Washington wants to do is add, to, add logs to the fire that is known as Governor DeSantis. Jim Davis, it's uh, something we've talked about for a couple of days since the judge's ruling on the mask mandate. Uh, this could create a huge mess if, in fact, the appeal wins and people are told to mask up again. We saw them cheering on airplanes a couple of days ago. I suspect we'll have the opposite uh, if people are told to resume the masking. Is that good in any way for the administration? To Rick's point, they're already associated with good science uh, for being on, on certainly this one side of history when it comes to COVID. Is this really necessary? I think the politics are complicated, but they've always been. A lot of these are lose-lose, and in politics, in those situations, the ideal thing is just to do what you think is right, because whatever you do is going to be unpopular. And I think this administration's tried their best to stick with the science, and I agree with Rick, it's not just science. You've got to consider people's personal behavior and how systems work and don't work. And I think they're going to continue to follow the science and um, and they're going to go through the, uh, you know, the fair process. We have a system where the courts get to rule whether things are done correctly. And now there's going to be an appeal in the courts. But, yeah, it's messy. And I think ultimately here in Florida, it's been terribly confusing because you've had separate messages coming from uh, the governor's office here and the president. And you've got uh, a, a um, the head of the health department and. Tallahassee uh, doesn't even believe in masks and, and I'm not sure it really believes in vaccines. And if you're just trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, it's, it's very confusing. I think it's been hard for a lot of Floridians. As we look ahead to a Friday here in Washington and in politics, we're going to find the president on the road again. Uh, Rick, he's in Portland today. He's going to be in Seattle, Washington tomorrow to mark Earth Day. We've talked about the push and pull here of you know, some of the different issues the White House is dealing with. But is is any of this working? I mean, is the point to get in, in local media coverage, talk to people locally? You have a better sense of of the, 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 the process of campaigning here. Is he doing the right things against the backdrop of a culture war and a hot war in Ukraine? Yeah, you're right, Joe. I mean, when the president comes to town, he is a blanket media coverage. So he'll own the coverage the day before he gets there, the day he's there, and probably leave a weekend of coverage uh, in Seattle. And, 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 and he's got to talk about the domestic agenda. It's what troubles most people. Um, by and large, his best numbers with voters around the country are his dealings uh, with Ukraine. So he can, he's got some cash in the bank in that regard uh, politically. But uh, – but he's got to be able to overcome the economic despair that people are worried about vis-a-vis -vis rising inflation. And, um, and, and these are the kinds of things that aren't easy to do, and you need the attention of the president to do it. And I just, I, I just worry. I've seen his travel all week, and the focus is really on creating jobs, which is not what's on people's minds. Uh, and, and the infrastructure bill, which is great, you should always include that. But unless he's dealing with inflation, he's not dealing with the problem that most people are concerned about. Does he need to keep reminding people, though, Jim Davis, of what's been done? Are these events important? If he didn't hold them, uh, my goodness, the infrastructure law would, I, I can only assume, despite its historic nature, just be a footnote in the history book. He needs to get out of Washington, get past all the background noise. And most of the things we've had to talk about today because of what the legislature did in my state aren't really going to improve people's lives and put... Uh, put food on the table. And they need to work with governors and mayors, Democrats and Republicans and community leaders so that this money that's being spent 
actually has an impact on people's lives and jobs. And it just takes time to do that, particularly and do it right. right. So I just think they need to keep soldiering through that and then the chips will fall where they may uh, when the election comes, which is still a good ways off. It is a ways off, Rick Davis. I mean, the White House likes to think it can turn things around here. Uh, when you look at the calendar and the primaries are going to start getting heavy, obviously, in the month of May, what's the strategy? What's the actual window they have to to be, you know, impacting the narrative? Well, I, I would say as a as an operator uh, in politics in the past, I, I wish I was another year. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it is getting uh, close to Election Day. These okay. are arguments that take time to root. You got to prepare them. You got to use the money wisely to hit cycles. Uh, and we've just gone through one cycle pre-primary where people have gone out and basically defined what the stakes of this election are. And, 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 and that's not been a positive for this administration. So they need to go out and, and rebuild those stakes. So they're, they're going to have, as you say, a very busy May to look at uh, uh, the primary process that continues on through the summer. And the president, I think Jim is right, has got to get out of Washington. Washington has nothing for him to offer and, and hit the campaign trail, which is what he does well, and start talking about the, 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 the kitchen table issues that mm-hmm. are going to be the, the decision makers when it comes time to vote and just hope that the economy and, and some world events conspire to help him in the process. Well, we've got some pretty big world events, uh, Jim. Is the, is the president's handling of Ukraine, which seems to get better numbers than just about anything else he's talking about, uh, actually going to play into the, the vote in the midterms or is it truly domestic issues that will make up people's minds? Well, let me say two things. The first is the best way to predict the outcome of the election is predict what question the voters are going to ask when they go to vote. If the question in Florida is, do you think Disney is harmful to your children? That's the agenda we just talked about. If the issue is, how's the president doing in terms of running the country? Is he showing strength and wisdom, which is what you're referring to? I think the president is showing his character, and I think he's showing one of his areas of expertise. Uh, He He and John McCain, who Rick worked with, who I worked with in Congress, uh, put together uh, bipartisan coalitions with our allies and others all over the world to fight people like Putin, and he's doing that right now. Now, we're all sacrificing as part of that, and that's not going to go away. But uh, the American people like a leader with backbone, and I think the president's showing some backbone on this, and um, he's doing the best he can to keep our allies working together to help uh, Ukraine contain Russia. Jim Davis, former Florida congressman, along with Rick Davis, Bloomberg Politics contributor. Thanks to both of you for the insights today. On the fastest hour in politics, sound on. A headline breaking on the terminal. Vice President Kamala Harris's chief of staff departing in latest office shakeup. We'll have more on that straight ahead. I'll meet you back here tomorrow. I'm Joe Matthew. This is Bloomberg. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk. 
from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com. Join global business leaders and investors at the Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit, returning to Singapore on July 31st. Take part in solutions-driven discussions on how to drive business value and unlock opportunity while remaining nimble in times of change and greater ESG accountability. Learn more at BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore. That's BloombergLive.com slash SustainableBizSingapore.